Next, the golden days of radio. Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Doris Day, Bob Hope, Bill Goodwin, David Niven, Alan Young, Jerry Colonna, and Jimmy Durante. And now, here's Valerie's favorite singer, Miss Doris Day. You sigh, the song begins, you speak, and I hear violins, it's magic. The stars desert the skies and rush to nestle in your eyes, it's magic. Without a golden one Or a mystic charm Fantastic things begin When I am in your How else can I explain those rainbows when there is no rain? It's magic. Why do I tell myself these things that happen are all really true? Bob Hope, along with David Niven, Bill Goodwin, and Jerry Colonna, present their version of The History of Radio. Radio had its first glimmerings way back at the turn of the century. In the science laboratory at Yale University, an excited young student rushed up to his professor and said... Look, Professor, I've found it. What is it, my boy? Oh, I've created a vacuum tube with a filament that emits electrons across a magnetic field so that high-frequency modulation up to 18,000 megacycle causes sonic alternating audio amplification. I'm sorry, folks, but what else could I do with him? <laughs> that young student, of course, was Lee DeForest. On May 1st, 1903, radio was born. DeForest invented the Audion tube. And on May 2nd, 1903, radio received its greatest setback. What's that? DeForest dropped the tube. <laughs> uh, 
Lee DeForest continued his labors on the electron tube, and in 1905, at a meeting of the stockholder of his company, he made an announcement of tremendous importance. Gentlemen, I'm happy to say that I finally perfected the first radio tube. Here it is before you. A huge rectangular tube, and only one thing is stopping us from putting it into mass production for use in radio. What's that? We can't get Arthur Godfrey's picture off it. <laughs> Bob, Bob, how could Arthur Godfrey's picture possibly be on a radio tube? Is that historically correct? That's mm, pretty close, David. My writers looked the whole thing up in the racing form. <laughs> well, we can't dispute that, can we? Well, what, what happened next, Bob? Aerials began appearing on rooftops. And it was dangerous, David. I'll never forget my Aunt Minnie got a couple of electric wires crossed one night. What happened? She became the first woman in Cleveland to have a crew cut. <laughs> What's the next milestone of radio, David? The presidential election of 1924. Here's the first president to speak on radio. Thank you, Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> the world's fastest human is interviewed after running the four-minute mile. <sighs> Thank you, Roger Bannister. <laughs> or Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> but getting back to our story, in the 1920s and 30s, radio grew by leaps and bounds. Yes, everybody was tuned in. You were entertained by such famous names in sport as... Babe Ruth. Jack Dempsey. Errol Flynn. <laughs> yes, the average family could sit home in the parlor, switch on a receiving set, and hear the great stars of the era. Crosby sure sounded good in those days. <laughs> Radio soon became a giant of the entertainment field. It brought us fine drama, the best music, great comedians. In 1931, we were all thrilled by the lively singing of a young man named Eddie Cantor. If you knew Susie like I know Susie, ooh, ooh, oh. I'm sorry, that's the best I can do. <laughs> that was Eddie Cantor, strained through Anthony Heaton's Homburg. <laughs> About the same time, another great star thrilled the nation. <laughs> That's right, he's now known as Evelyn and her magic violin. <laughs> you know, Bob, shall we continue our history of radio? Yes, David, now let's look at radio as an advertising medium. Oh, you mean commercial? That's right, and here's the man who invented the first commercial jingle. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? With silver bells and cockle shells? What? No big at all? Well, <laughs> Professor Corona, right? <laughs> oh. You're the man who invented rhyming commercials, Professor. That's right, Hope. I'm the first man who ever found a rhyme for orange. Well, that's remarkable, Professor. How did you rhyme orange? Squeeze it. <laughs> I rhyme juice with spruce. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, you're off your trolley. Yes, but I'm not worried. Why not? I've got a transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, do you really know anything about radio commercials? Everything. I introduced the paper-made pen sweethearts to each other. And single-handed, I put over one of the most popular products on the market today. Chibaba, chibaba cigarettes. <laughs> Chibaba, chibaba cigarettes, I've never heard of them. Of course you have. Why, four out of five doctors who smoke them say, quote... <coughs> <laughs> and quote. 
Are they, are they good, Professor? There's no cigarette in the world like a Chababa. It doesn't have any ordinary cotton filter or nylon filter. Absolutely no harmless ingredients could get through the filter of a Chababa. Why, what's it made of? Cement. <laughs> Tell me, Kelowna, did you ever jump out of a window and land on your head? Why, no, don't think I ever have. Pardon me a moment. <laughs> what do you know? It's fun. <laughs> Kelowna, you're two steps below an idiot. Don't drool. Au revoir. So long, brush mush. Well, what's next, Bob? Well, disc jockeys have become very important in radio, David. Let's show the folks how those happy record spinners operate. Music less. <laughs> now, for you early morning listeners, Flakies, the breakfast food that bites back for them. <laughs> The rise and shine, boys. <laughs> hello, everybody. Hello. We're here to say hello, so hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. We don't mean our reward, but hello. We don't mean our beaters, and we don't mean toodaloo. And now we're trying to say it. Hello to you and you. So hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Well, second chorus. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. That's funny. What happened? They hung up. <laughs> Good morning, Bob. Oh, good morning, David. Well, here we are, folks, the Rise and Shine Boys. Good morning, everybody. It's 5 a.m., but the weatherman says we'll have a beautiful day, folks. What is the weather report, Bob? Six below and more snow. <laughs> Which reminds me, folks, are you prepared for a cold snap? Get a suit of Zinglemeyer's long underwear today. The only long underwear with the electric flap. a.m. Folks, why wake up with a grouch in the morning? Sleep alone. Come on. <laughs> Come on, sleepyhead. Throw the covers off. Now open your eyes and take a good look around. Are you in the right house? <laughs> and now, and now for the first joke of the day. Tell me, Bob, how do you make antifreeze? I don't know, David. How do you make antifreeze? I'd have woolen pajamas. Oh, we're killing them today. <laughs> and now, the makers of Wuku. The dog biscuit that tastes like a cat. <laughs> the makers of Wufu bring you the news. Hollywood, California. Yasha Heifetz is playing Beethoven tonight at the Hollywood Bowl. The winner will meet Bobo Olson. <laughs> Word about Dr. Nevin's reducing method. Step in, Doctor. Thank you. Attention, ladies over 300 pounds. Do you have the feeling you're being followed? <laughs> you are. It's you. <laughs> if you have this 
problem, by all means, try Dr. Niven's reducing method. It's simple, no pills, no diet, no exercise. Once a week, Dr. Niven comes to your house and beats you with a rubber hose. <laughs> and now your favorite platter spinners bring you the first record of the day. What do we play for the folks, David? The song that's number one all over the country. I've got those, my baby done left me. She ran off with another guy. I feel so bad if I ever catch her, I'll break her neck. Blue. <laughs> Some of the boys down at Firehouse Number Seven. Don't forget, fellas, dab a little of Mother Murphy's brass polish on the knees of your pants, and your fire pole will always be bright and gleaming. <laughs> now we'll play the record. Whoops! Too late. Our time is up. This is the Rise and Shine Boys signing off and saying goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 We mean took care of the disc jockeys, and I hope they forgive us. You know, Bob, we can't do a history of radio without bringing in the dear old BBC. British radio? Good idea. Here we go, David. Some Piccadilly music left. Well, how do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is the BBC commencing another evening's broadcasting. Our first offering of the evening is another visit with the master detective, David Niven, private eyeball, and gentleman bounder. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Before tonight's chapter, a word about our sponsor, Father and Gay's Mutton. That mutton that makes you a glutton. Ladies, <laughs> next time you want to serve something delicious, remember that only Father and Gay's Mutton contains that unusual locked-in aroma. It has to be locked in once you got out and killed Father and Gay. <laughs> <laughs> remember, friends, there are many imitators of this fine product, but Father and Gay's is the only mutton that contains genuine mutt. That's right. It comes in three delicious flavors, orange, raspberry, and cocker spaniel. <laughs> Now for tonight's adventure with David Niven, Private Eyeball. How do you do? My name is David Niven, Private Eye. I was sitting in my office today when the door opened and she came in. Believe me when I tell you, she was most captivating. She had honey blonde hair, blue eyes, and the deepest dimples I'd ever seen. In fact, her dimples were so deep that when she smiled, her face turned inside out. <laughs> Suddenly, this heavenly creature spoke. My husband has just been murdered. What? Yes, I stabbed him six times and then shot him through the head. I see. Who do you suspect? <laughs> I've come to you to help me to, as they say in America, beat the rap. Well, very well. Bring in the rap and I shall beat it. <laughs> Just one moment, dear lady. I'm on to you and I shall have to report you to Scotland Yard. No, no, you can't. Don't you see I'm in love with you? I insist that you kiss me. Take my lips. No, thanks very much. I have a pair of my own. <laughs> <laughs> but I insist. Take my lips. Well, all right, but I shall have to wear them on my watch chain. <laughs> now, romance won't help you, my dear. I'm going to turn you in, and they shall send you up the river. You wouldn't say that if you'd kissed me once. I'm sorry, you're going up the river. Come here. Well? All ashore is going ashore. <laughs> you cad. How dare you kiss my wife? Your wife? I thought you were dead. I was, but now I'm alive again. <laughs> well, how could that be possible? I ate an extra large portion of Fathering Gay's delicious mutton. <laughs> well, David, say, that just about wraps up our little saga of radio, and I hope somebody appreciates it. Well, Mr. Hope, Mr. Niven, I've been listening to your show upstairs in my office, and it was wonderful. 
thank you very much. Who are you? Well, I'm the president of the NBC network, and I want to thank you. This history of radio you've just put on will bring us millions and millions of new fans. Well, that's fine. And you're the president of the radio network? No, television. <laughs> One of the popular segments of the Jimmy Durante Show in 1949 featured a trip through the 48 states. Now, any state in the 48 is great. The 48 is great and any state is the reason we should celebrate. We ought to celebrate, do you like the spring? The praises of spring, is it your favorite time of year? Does it beat the fall? Is it the best time of all? Is springtime the season you cheer? He's cute. We pull a string and away we rip. Off we go again, Skipper. The itinerary is planned. Let's begin. Holler to Colorado. Tell them we're on our way. And we're settling down in their favorite town to see what they've got to say in Denver. Ah, here we are in Denver, Jim. But why do we stop in this health center? Well, I thought we might get the opinions of some athletes for a change. Look at that scrawny 90-pound guy with the droopy shorts. He just finished some carrot juice. Now he's heading for that big barbell. Hey, mister, how does a little shrimp like you expect to pick up a 200-pound weight? Brute force. <laughs> Boy, this is amazing. I never saw a grunion so far inland. <laughs> but tell me, Tarzan, uh, what's the secret of your strength? Good food, Skippy, good food. Why, I just finished a powerhouse meal. First, I had super vitaminized carrot juice. Then I had an entree of mineralized quick-up celery hearts. Then a side order of jet-propelled spinach. What'd you have for dessert? I don't know. Before they could get it to me, I flew away. <laughs> Boy, you need help, too. Huh? Why, I could take a build like yours and make a body out of it in six weeks. It takes me six weeks to make a body. Hmm. Looks like yours is an overnight job. <laughs> Careful what you say, Buster. The last guy who got fresh with me is in the hospital now. Gosh, what did you do to him? Nothing. He's an intern. <laughs> an interesting dissertation? <laughs> but tell me, Captain Marvel, since you're an outdoor type, you must be interested in the weather. What is your favorite season of the year? Oh, when you're healthy like I am, all seasons are the same. Why, take my wife and I. We spend all our time building our bodies. You do? Yes. We swing on parallel bars, swing on the horizontal bars, swing from tree to tree. But I'm afraid all this swinging has affected her. Why? Have a banana. I just became the father of a seven-pound monkey. Let's go, Mr. Young. Now, any state in the 48 is great. I don't know what we're accomplishing, but we're going a long way to do it. Alan, we're over the cherry blossoms. Let's land. We're in Washington, D.C. It's a whirly gig. Full of every big wig and power. Men of the hour. We'll find investigations, legislation, congressmen, ambassadors, secret meetings. Close the door. Well known faces, famous places. Political, critical. Washington! Ah, Youngie, Washington is a beautiful place in the springtime. But why did we stop in this park? Well, Jimmy, I made arrangements for us to interview a distinguished congresswoman here. Well, this must be her coming now. 
Ah, madam, I'm glad you're on time. It's indeed a feather in the cap of democracy that a person of your importance and stature, so busy with the multifarious duties of the legislative process, can spare a moment of your time for your humble constituents. Hey, what's the matter? You crazy or something? <laughs> How nice. It's a representative from Alabama. <laughs> but wait a minute. This isn't a congresswoman. It's our old friend, Mrs. Madarazza. In a deflation. <laughs> I see you have your 15 kids with you. Are you sightseeing here in Washington? That's it, right. Me and the kids, we just went through the FBI building. And you know, I'm sorry I took them. The little bambino is said right down in the fingerprint ink. Sat in the fingerprint ink? Yeah. When J. Edgar Hoover gets a that print, boy, is he gonna be confused? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't worry. He'll put an undercover man to work on it. <laughs> Mrs. Madarazza, I bet you have to watch these kids like a hawk. Oh, you're telling me? They're always a running and a jumping and a climbing. Hey, Antonio! Antonio, stop a hanging on to Mr. Durante's face! What are, you... <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not Antonio. That's your nose. <laughs> Don't get upset. An apology is not forthcoming. But Mrs. Madarazza... And your wanderings hither and thither, did you get to see the Lincoln Memorial? Oh, sure, and that Abraham was a great man, all right. But, you know, I no understand when he said four score and seven years ago. Why not? Seven years ago, I had a four, but now who can I keep with the score? <laughs> Washington is quite a place, isn't it? I hope you get to see Congress in action. Ah, oh, you betcha my life. But, you know, I'm a feeling so sorry for the Speaker of the House. That poor fella, he don't see so good. What makes you say that? Well, all day long he kept a saying, I no recognize a senator from a Kentucky. <laughs> well, I'd love to continue this political tater tape, but there's a question we'd like to ask you. What is your favorite season of the year? Oh, the springtime. It always reminds me of the first time I was meeting my husband on a picnic. By the leaning tower of a pizza. We both ate a salami sandwiches with a plenty garlic. Garlic? You said it. That day, the leaning tower of a pizza, she was leaning the other way. <laughs> I'm with you, Jimmy. You can travel north, south, east, or west. For any reason, any season could be the best. It's great. Wonderful. Marvelous. Stupendous. Any state in the 48. Great. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio from the Frankfurt Studios of the American Forces Network here in Europe. As I've said before, this is one of my favorite stopping-off places. It's always a pleasure to spend time here in Frankfurt, and I hope I'm invited again soon. Next week, I'll be back in Hollywood with another edition of The Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.